Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Michael, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Pamela. How are you today? I am doing lovely. I can't complain. You struck me so much, and I love your story and who you are and what you're about. So I can't wait to get into that today, Michael, honestly. I'm going to start with this question, which I love, which is, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Wow, what a deep question. What inspired me on my journey to where I am today? I know what, exactly what it is, too, now that I think about it. I And, and we'll get into this, but um, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I own a landscaping construction company here in the state of Iowa. And there was a time about five years into the business where we were doing very well. I had a lot of things going for us. The company was doing very well, but I started to become complacent because I was really focused on like, what I wanted to become next, like what the next client was going to be, like what equipment we were going to buy, like just, you know, just so future focused that, like I said, I was complacent. I couldn't appreciate everything that I had right in front of me. And so thank God I found some motivational content that kind of like made me think differently and um, it inspired me. And it really changed the way that I lived my life. You know, I, I started to meditate more. I just took time every day to think about, you know, what I had created, you know, the hard work that I put in, how it came to fruition. You know, I would think about, you know, just my my life as in like, I have arms, I can see, I can hear, you know, I can breathe, you know, all those wonderful things. And so that realization kind of motivated me to become a motivational speaker and get out and share my message and and hopefully inspire other people to see kind of the same way. That's literally what inspired me. It was the the realization that I was living my life in a very complacent way and I was taking for granted everything that I had created. I still run and operate the business. We're doing phenomenal. The, the guys, our crews are just kicking butt right now, but I'm working really hard to kind of to get the business to not run on its own. I don't want to just run away from it, but just so that it can kind of work on itself so that I can really focus on this public speaking career. That's really what inspired me to get on this path. You know, I don't think I would have ever met you if it wasn't for that realization of, wow, I need to step back and appreciate myself, which led to me onto this path of self-improvement and growth and these mastermind groups. I love that, Michael. I love that. I'm going to back it up just a little bit because I know there's definitely a story. You mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. So what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? You know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My parents, the year I was born, they started a company, a janitorial company. They did like commercial janitorial work. They started with carpet cleaning. I grew up my whole life seeing the ups and downs of businesses, but I, I definitely identified the ups. And I was like, man, I want to be a business owner. So I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, when I was little, I wanted to be an astronaut, just like everyone else. Right. <laughs> but, but, but I didn't have anything in specific. I just knew that I, I wanted to do something where I was in charge, where I had the ownership, where I, where I was the one creating what I did. And so throughout high school, I did, I worked a couple different jobs that gave me some background in the construction and landscape industry that kind of allowed me to have the tools to be able to trust in myself and just kind of go out and do it. So that's what made me want to do landscaping. I had some background, but it's not like I, I think it was just an easier barrier of entry in a way, you know, at, at first I just, I needed a lawnmower, a truck, 
trailer and some weed eaters, you know, I mean, it was a little more than that, but it's in simple terms, that's basically what I needed. And, and I developed a work ethic throughout my childhood. So those two together is what got me into the business, but I never really had anything in mind growing up. What about you? Did you, did you know that you wanted to be in real estate? No, actually. So when I was a little kid, I just wanted to entertain. Like that was my big thing. Like I would always have visions of me being on stages. And I thought it was because I'd be like performing, like singing and dancing, which is what I used to do when I was little. And, you know, now it's just interesting because now it's public speaking. So it's like, it translates somehow, which is really funny, you know, go from one experience to public speaker. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I can remember when I was a kid, I grew up in a Catholic school system. So every week we would go every like Wednesday, we would have mass. And a few times after mass, I would go up to the priest um, and I would say, hey, thank you for what you do. I, I just really appreciate it. And and a lot of the reason why I did that was because I admired what they did and how they did it. And like, I could see myself doing that. And, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with a few people. It's like, I never, I've never wanted to actually be a priest because as a Catholic priest, you have to give up a lot. You can't get married, you know, those kind of yeah. things. But So I was always kind of a little bit disappointed, like, especially when I started a landscaping company or lawn care, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be mowing grass the rest of my life. Well, as I've gotten the success and learned, you know, as I've gotten into these groups, it's it's re came into my life in a way of, hey, now I can become a public speaker and impact people in that way. So similar to you, I had no idea that it was going to come back in this way. But like one of my good friends, Jake Timer told me, he's like, you know, you have to use like your business as a stepping stones in a way. So like the landscape construction business is like a stepping stone for me to get into the professional career of speaking, just, you know, just like you, I mean, your real estate company is, you know, amazing, just kicking ass. And I think that's obviously a lot of the reason why people shut up and listen to you. You've created a credibility, you know, and that's, that's what it's all about. Thank you. You mentioned something super important, which is, you know, entrepreneurship being the vehicle to financial freedom, right? Like I feel like a lot of the times entrepreneurs get so lost in their business, right? Like Mm -hmm. they get so lost in it and it becomes like a full-time job and it's hard to work on the business and to think about like the operator mindset, which is, you know, there's, they're in operator mindset trying to get into the freedom side, you know, the financial freedom, become an actual owner. So it's really interesting seeing those parallels. And like, I love that you said that you've been an entrepreneur your whole life as well. So did you like sell lemonade as a kid? Cause I know I did like, and I crushed it with yeah. Kool-Aid with those Kool-Aid lemonades I used to sell. Seriously. I was a hell of a, a, a kid entrepreneur and, and I'm not bragging, but I was like, when <laughs> I, I was the first kid in my grade to have a cell phone. I think I was nine or 10 years old. I would go into word and do affordable lawn care and then put my number on there. And I would print two on a page so I could cut them in half. And then I would just go out and hand them out. And uh, I did, you know, I did that. I, I remember we had like this summer camp, um, Camp Wopsy is what it was called. You know, I sold so many cookies and chocolate to save up for that. There's numerous stories. I remember uh, we sold these $20 fundraiser cards for our baseball team. And I and I sold the most out of all of them. I, I made over like, it was over $500 in extra cash because of incentives. And I got to pick up any baseball glove out of this magazine. It was like a $400 kangaroo skin glove, but I needed a new glove that season too. So I you know, and that's a lot of where the work ethic came. I'm so grateful for everything in my past, every single component of my past. I guess what I was I'm getting at is my parents got divorced when I was in eighth grade. And, you know, I think it was the best thing for them. And it was the best thing for us because yes, I would like my parents to be together. And I, I want so much for that family atmosphere. And But I learned so much through those tough times that, and it forced me to 
live my life in a way that I had to like create things for myself. I would, I didn't have to go out and work a lot. Like my mom and, and dad were supportive very much. And I need, and I could get everything I really truly wanted. I get kind of, but if I wanted extra money on the weekends or if I wanted my own vehicle or stuff like that, like I was, you know, I was going to have to work for it. And so because that added pressure was there along the way, it, it forced me to develop those traits that without those traits, there's no way I'd be 28 years old and running a multi-million dollar company. It's, it's just, there's multiple components to it. You know, a lot of people, they go through life and they, they have these pitfalls and these negative things like divorce or death or whatever it might be. And and they can never get back from it. And it's just all about mindset. Like if you think about, if you can learn from it, or if you think about life's happening to you and, or for you, not to you, I'm sure you're familiar with that. I guess moral of the story is it's, you can learn so much from what you go through, you know, and that's the only way you should look at it. Right. And I'm grateful for every experience that I've had, you know, and it's it's not like I've been drugged through the dirt my whole childhood, but it hasn't been perfect, you know, and I'm grateful for that. Right, right. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michael, honestly. And I mean, what have been some of your biggest challenges and what were the biggest lessons that you learned from them? It could be personal, it could be business, could be any of that throughout your, your life journey. Well, I'll go back to it. I know I already kind of touched on it, but I think it's really important for people to think about. I think one of the biggest challenges I had was I'm, I'm so like progress oriented and like, like type A, like I just have to go, go, go and like get as much done and you know, achieve as much as I can, you know, and I expect the most out of myself. One of the biggest hurdles and one of the, the biggest takeaways that I've learned in my life so far is like I said earlier, just the gratitude aspect. Like, and it sounds so corny. And, and some people when like when I'm explaining this to them, I don't even think they fully grasp what I'm saying. Like, when I say you have to take time to think about what you have, like I literally, literally mean like you have to like, okay, so if you haven't been doing this exercise, what I recommend doing is for like 10 or 15 days in a row, right away in the morning on a piece of paper, write out 10 things that you're grateful for. Okay. So, you know, the first time you do it, you're probably going to write things like, you know, your family, your job, your house, your car, you know, some things I said earlier, your ability to breathe, you know, see, hear, I walk, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you fortunately have in your life. But then the trick is every day you can't repeat. So then day two, you're like, okay, well, I already said my family. So then you start thinking about, okay, um, I have my nice office. I have my desk. I have friends. I, I have my uncle, Tim, you know, I, you know, and then you start thinking of more. Th- and then after day 10 or 15, whatever, you're starting to think of all these new things. And after a while, it becomes more difficult to think of things. But the beautiful thing about that is throughout the day, you'll be thinking, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be, I'm going to have to write 10 more things that I'm great. Or I get to write 10 more things that I'm grateful for. What am I going to write? And then you'll just start to see beauty in, in life. I'm getting jittery and excited right now just talking about it. It's just, there's only good and great days. We only experience good and great days. And a lot of people, most people, 99% of the population, the people walking out on the earth don't realize that there's only good and great days. It's just a mindset thing. It's just like, if you focus on the bad, you're going to think about the bad. But if you focus on that, there's only good and great days, you realize that. And then you, it just, it's like this extra power in me, you know, and as an entrepreneur, as a high achiever, or just as anyone, you need to have that, that gratitude aspect. Right. Can you relate? Do you do anything, you know, to help with gratitude? I'm sure you do. Is that something that you could work on yourself? Do you think that'd make you happier? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole gratitude thing, like for me, 
it's always about like sitting down and really like celebrating the wins, right? Because a lot of the time I am so forward thinking I am type A, I'm like, go, go, go all the time where I'm traveling or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And it's, yeah. I'm always thinking about the future and kind of what's ahead, what's ahead, what's ahead. And I found myself in my younger years kind of stuck in not being grateful because I was so forward thinking, because here I am thinking about the things that I want. And then not celebrating what I have right now and being grateful for what I have right now. So I always, it's almost like a reminder because I still am very forward thinking. I still am always feeling and moving forward. So like now it's kind of more about, okay, Pam, make sure that you're celebrating the wins now. So I have to literally block that time out and remember like the gratitude thing that reminders and like do all the things right because my schedule can get so crazy and hectic it's like having those reminders are are really really critical like you know one day a week going out to dinner with your significant other and like celebrating celebrating life and the wins and just being grateful for all the things right because this life can get so difficult you know and it's if you're not grateful for what you have now i just feel like you're going to be in this constant loop of unhappiness which is what i often see in the world where people are just stuck and stuck and stuck and i'm like are you celebrating your wins now or are you not because there's a huge difference when you do yeah and it's crazy like gratitude can change everything absolutely literally everything when i was at that point where i where i needed to find it was Tony Robbins. I think you and I have talked about this. It was a Tony Robbins conference that I went to. It was sent from God, in my own opinion. I wasn't running my business the way I could have been at that point. Like I, I mean, it was still running operational. You know, we had employees, but I wasn't like I didn't have that extra motivation. I I wasn't positive. There was there was times where I like wasn't excited to get out of bed. It, it was weird, and that's that's not like me. Like my whole life, I've been this upbeat and internally motivated guy. And it all came from that forward focused. And it's right. like you said, I mean, it, you, you're still that way. I'm still that way. And that's, it's important to be that way, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to predict the future and in, in order to create it. And like you said, it's just about scheduling time. You know, I think that's the biggest thing, literally it's saying, okay, every morning I'm going to do it at this time. Or yeah, like you said, my wife and I, every Wednesday night, we go out on dates, you know, it's like scheduling specific times to appreciate each other and appreciate life. So that's probably like the biggest takeaway that I've had um, in my life. I guess one of the next biggest takeaways that, I, that I'll share with people that I think might help a, a few people in life and in society, it's natural to, to hook up with another person and get married and have kids and grow a family. And, and it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's one of the most beautiful things I think we can have in life. And after a while, a relationship isn't the same as when it first started in a lot of people's sense. And I think that has to do with what we expect out of our partner. And what I'm trying to get at here is I think a lot of times people have unrealistic expectations for what their partner should be in their life. And one of the problems I had with my specific relationship with my wife is I thought that she needed to be my cheerleader and not even necessarily my cheerleader, but like the person to like push me out of bed when I didn't want to get up in the morning or you know, like yell at me when I didn't work out like those things, which I mean, it's important to have an accountability partner. Like it's important to have them still care about you doing that. But if you're not able to hold yourself accountable for working out or for reading your books or doing your job, whatever it is, look inside yourself and say, what if like take accountability for it? Like for me, what I did is I hired a fitness trainer and then I, you know, I hired a business coach or like I'm working with motivational people. Like just because we're in a relationship with someone doesn't mean that like they are responsible for motivating you. And because I think at least in, in our realm and a lot of the people that we deal with, you know, we're all like, go, go, go high achievers, 
And unfortunately, it's hard to find people that are exactly that way. Some people are really good mothers or really good employees or really, you know, really good at being organized, but they might not be, they might not have this abundance of internal motivation or, you know, whatever. So it's just about realizing the goods in people. I I like to tell people, if you're going to look at someone's bad, or if you're going to hold their bad against them, hold their good against them. That's kind of the moral of the story. Kind of got deep there, but that brought a lot of peace to my life because for the longest time, I, I thought that I was beating myself up and I was truly questioning if I was in the right relationship. And when I took this different mindset of like, it's not about that. Like we love each other so much, you know, like we're beautifully attracted to each other. Like we work so well together. Like, you know what I'm saying? I totally get you. Where like, basically you were kind of leaning on her as like a support system and expecting her to do certain things. And more or less expecting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you figured out like, Hey, no, that's my responsibility. We're supposed to both bring something to the table together and with no expectations when it comes to anything personal. So that makes total sense. No, thank you so much for for sharing that Michael thank you so so much for sharing that I, and I love your story of how you came to realizations of like gratitude and all that stuff with when you mentioned to me like you scrolled across you I think you were on Facebook you scrolled across the Tony Robbins event you signed up for it and then like you said it was like a gift given by God and you went to that and it transformed everything so I definitely yeah. want to talk about your transformation and your process on how that happened you know, like you went to this event and then what happened? How did you implement? Right. Because sometimes a lot of us walk through life and we want change and we want all the things, but don't know how to necessarily do that. How do you actually make it happen? Right. So like people can say a lot of things. I want to change. I want to do this. I want to do it. But how do you actually implement it in your life and manifest it and make it come true? And, and like you said, now you're a multi-million dollar landscaping company and like scaling that now getting into your dreams, which is public speaking and all these things. So I'd love to hear how you implemented change in, in your life and how that event helped you. What's great about Tony Robbins events is he just, the exercises that you go through, uh, help you define a lot of like your core values and like what you, why you do what you do in your life and your why, which is so important. I think anyone listening, go to a Tony Robbins UPW. It, it just helps with clarity. It helps you define your mission when I came home from those events, I knew that I no longer was seeking the financial dollar, but I was seeking fulfillment. And I knew that fulfillment was going to come through helping people. And so once I knew that, then I had like crystal focus, what I was going to try to accomplish, which was putting myself into a position where I could contribute to people, which would then offer me the highest level of fulfillment. Right. So to answer your question, how did I incorporate what I learned? Well, I just kept it in the front of my mind. Like I, and I still do. I, I know right now I just hired an operations manager. I'm super excited about him. He's going to be a great addition to our team. And I knew I needed to do that. And, and I know and I'm up for the, the challenge of bringing this individual into the business and training them and letting them, giving them the risk of running my company because I know that that is in line with my why and, and what I'm trying to create. So it's just a matter of like keeping that ultimate realization, which is I'm on this earth to help as many people as I can. And I only have a limited amount of time. So I need to figure these things out as, as soon as humanly possible in a way that's going to allow for my business to continue to grow at the rate that it's growing and not you know fall apart. So it's just those realizations, just using them, keeping them in the front of the mind to help me make my decisions on what I do with my life 
um, and what I do with my business in hope that it creates what I want, you know, and it's just, it's the entrepreneur mindset of, okay, is, is this working? Yes. Okay, great. Let's keep going with it. Okay. Is this working? No, then let's, why isn't it working? Okay. Let's adjust and then keep going. You know, it's just, it's just that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until it happens. You know, it's, it's, I have this divine belief that I can make it happen. You know, it's just a matter of hopefully the good Lord gives me enough time on this earth. Right. Right. Amen, Michael. Amen. And I mean, and it sounds like to me that you've built different systems and processes throughout the whole thing to basically get you to the next level, which is what sometimes we don't think about as entrepreneurs, right? Like how do we, right. <laughs> how do we elevate mm-hmm. and delegate? Right. And how do we, yeah, that's the next level. Cause sometimes it's like, Oh my God, I don't want to hire another employee. Cause you, you know, you start thinking about salaries and you freak out and all of that. So like how, what implementations did you put in your business to help you scale up and grow? As I touched on earlier, it's still a pretty rather young business. We've been yeah. in business for like almost eight years, which is not terribly young, but it's yeah. it's young enough that the first few years were a lot of me and crews, just me still in it, like we were talking about earlier, you know? And so yeah. once I started to have this realization, although I always knew that I, if I wanted to grow the business, I would have to come on top of it and I would have to hire the people, then I knew it was necessary. So it was the ways that I'm doing it, I guess, are... Like I, I've hired a receptionist who who happens to be my mother. She's she does oh. an awesome job, and she's more than a receptionist too. She's more like an accountant, to be honest. But you know, bringing her in and having someone that can screen the calls all day and organize the schedule, and you know, help with employee, you know, new employees and and all that good stuff. It's been amazing. We've used a new accounting software that you know, helps us track our numbers better so that we just know that as I step away, we're still making, you know, the right margins and all that good stuff. So that's really about it. I mean, we've, we've gotten some organization on the back end where we're like tracking more expenses of jobs and, you know, just a lot more back end tracking, which is really helping the overall picture of the business. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's funny, I'm sure you can relate, but when you start to realize that your purpose is to inspire and impact people, it's really fun to like pull the cords and the levers with the business, you know, to try to, you know, just do it as well as you can while also doing something that you know is almost maybe it is something bigger. Like it's, it's it'll allow for more impact, and yeah. more change in the world. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful situation. Absolutely. When did your realization begin with you wanting to be a public speaker? Right. So you got into um, entrepreneurial yeah. problems. Now you, you know, you came to a lot of different realizations and all of that. And how did you discover that passion? Because I love that you're pursuing it now. Like I think I think it's so amazing. And I think it's your calling, Michael. Really thank fascinating. you. Fascinating to hear how you discovered that passion and now how you're sort of implementing that into your life, which is really cool. Like I said earlier, I've I've known my whole life that I've enjoyed it. Like I was like student council president and then like hoorah leader for, uh, I can't remember what the technical term was for in middle school, like where I like led the pep rallies of the whole school, like up front. And I just, I just remember just like love and getting in front of everyone, you know, but it was really that same, you know, just when I really got into Tony Robbins conferences and just seeing him up there, just inspiring people and all the impact that he's making. And then, you know, just the opportunistic mindset, you know, I mean, it brings so much value to people that it's like Tony says, people pay attention to what they pay for. And so I'm not going to sit up here and try to say that that it's all just that I don't acknowledge that there that there's a great opportunity for financial revenue. I mean, that I, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to go out and inspire people that it's like, like a compounding effect out into the world and then be rewarded for what you're doing. And I think it was in the, in that same time frame of when I realized that, hey, you know, this, 
like I was in a bad, bad place where I, I was like thinking about like, man, I don't know if I like my business anymore. Like, and, and I, it was all bullshit thoughts, you know, it was, it was fake. And it, it was all because of where I was, I was complacent. And, you know, you, you hear of, you know, the, the Scrooge um, out there or whatever, the people that just, they're, they're all over business owners that have all hundreds and maybe even thousands of employees and they're just unhappy. And all it would take is maybe some talks about, Hey, what are you, what, what is your daily process and how much time are you actually using to like step back and think about what you have to be grateful for? And then, you know, just helping them figure out their why and like why they do what they do. And maybe, maybe they don't have one and maybe that's a lot of their issue. So I think it was like when I was in the deepest of my deep and then when I was like, when I came back and I was like, holy cow, this is like an amazing realization. Like this is some really amazing stuff. And Tony Robbins isn't going to be around forever. So someone needs to continue this message. Right. Um, and obviously there's tons of other people doing it, but I'll be one of them too. And it's like, holy shit, he's charging 10 grand for these three day seminars. It's like, man, if I got my stuff together and could somehow, you know, it's just, once again, I, I hate even talking about the money because to some people they're like, oh, he's all in it for the money. That's right. not it at all. It's just, I'm an opportunistic person. And I believe I have this God given talent or not even talent, but the perspective that I've gained through my life will help me inspire people, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And all the lessons that you learn to help inspire and that fire in them to learn something new and be grateful every day, which is incredible. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And Heck yeah. question for you, Michael. So what would your, this is one of my favorite questions, which is what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Great question. Probably that that we have all the time in the world, but that there's <laughs> there's not that much time. So that don't take the time to smell the roses, but keep moving forward because just as we have a we have a duty to, like I said, stop and smell the roses. We have a duty to move forward to harness our best self so that we can create what we were intended to create, you know, and not leave a bunch of potential on the table. It's a fine line, you know, like we were both saying earlier about how we're all, we're still very future focused, you know, it's important to be that way, like we said, but just fine line of going back and forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michael. And so what about you? Can I ask, can I ask you that question if you don't mind? Yeah. Yeah. What would my older self tell your younger self? Yeah, yeah. One of my biggest things is definitely stop giving a shit sooner, to be honest. What I, other people think, you mean? What other people think, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Is Not that I was, like, I was always living my life for, for others and, like, always paying attention to what they had to say and, like, do all the things, right? And I just cared too much. And I would, like, over-sacrifice certain things for myself for others, which, which mm-hmm. is, like, you know, could be, like, a, and sometimes over over sacrificing is a toxic trait right so it's like it has it has to do with trauma response and all the things but like if i stopped caring sooner i think i'd be further ahead and i mean i am pretty far along like in yeah journey with everything that i've done and i think i stopped really caring when i was about i wouldn't say like 25 but even if i was even sooner right just like stop caring what i see is like so many people that i interview and i talk to and like they, they just tell me, they're just like, oh, I just wish like I, I didn't mm-hmm. feed into it so much. So that would be, that'd be my best thing. Cause like, once you stop caring and what you're focused on is literally like your source for some people, it's God, for some people, whoever you, you identify with to say like, Hey, I want to live my life with the highest and best to serve. Nothing else gets in the way. 
right? And then everything else kind of falls in line. So it's like, that's my biggest focus, right? Because like, sometimes you just, there's just so many external factors that you don't even realize are affecting your decisions and everything that you do, right? But mm-hmm. when you stop caring and you say, hey, listen, I want to be in alignment, God, with all the things that I'm meant to do in this life. Help me get there. And let's just forget everything else. I'm not saying like fully forget them because obviously like there's family, there's friends, there's all these things. Yeah. But that being kind of like your core focus is then everything seems to just like align and fall into place once you do that. So, yeah, but that, you know, that can get jaded when you're calculating so many other thoughts and opinions and all all of the things. Like I remember like going shifting from restaurants to real estate. I specifically got certain commentary that like, Pam, you should really stick to restaurants, stick to ice cream, stick to the things that, you know. Right. And like, had I listened to that, like, that's when I started breaking against that. Cause if I had listened to that, mm-hmm. I would still be in that boat. Right. And like, God knows. Right. So I just think about like, damn, what if I did this sooner? But you know, I, I don't regret my journey at, at all in any way, but I think that when you can break free from what other people want for you or their expectations or thoughts or all of these things, or just like caring what society, like society standard, societal standards and all the things, I think that's when amazing things happen. So I always push that to anybody. It's like, you know, how are you living your life? Are you living it for you or somebody else? hundred mm-hmm. percent. No, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you start to realize, you know, that, yeah, you don't want to listen or you don't want to value everybody's opinion because everybody might not think about your life the way that you want to, like your family might look at it from like a safety perspective, you know, like, Oh, go, don't go take that risk. You know, like you might yeah. fail or some people, you know, your friends, like as you start to get success or the friends that you grew up with, unfortunately, oftentimes that, you know, people want you to be successful, but they don't want you to be more successful than them. You know, it's, it's an unfortunate, natural tendency of people. And when you start to take that into consideration, you realize, man, maybe I shouldn't be valuing these people's opinions, or maybe I I shouldn't think too hard about why they didn't ask me about what I'm doing in my life, because maybe they are jealous or, you know, and it's, it's not that I think that they should be jealous. It's that they're jealous. You know, it's, I realize that I'm working my ass off, creating something beautiful and, and taking risks and believing in myself. And it feels really good. And it, it looks like I'm flourishing, which I am, but there's still other things that come along with it. But to them, it's just, yeah. so then you start hanging out with the right people, you know, like you, like, like that mastermind group we were at there in Arizona. It's like, that's when you can really start to like more trust and value the opinions and feedback yeah. that you get from people, you know, cause they see the good in you and they want the best for you. Um, that's why those groups are so powerful too, you know? hundred percent. I think it's always comes down to environment, right? Like who are you surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with? Cause there's certain people you can't have conversations with. You love them so much. You respect them. You want to honor them, but they're not the right person right. For that type of advice. Right. So you go and you speak to somebody who's been there, done that, or is working towards the same goal as you so that that way you help elevate together. So totally, 100%. Agree, totally agree with you. But again, that has to, you know, that's when that mindset comes in of like, stop caring what other people think and like, just align with your highest and best with your highest source mm-hmm. and then, like everything else falls into place so that's the advice that i would always give my younger self is like just like stop caring <laughs> heck yeah that's beautiful follow that's your, follow your path yeah. you know it's great because like, if as i find that so many people as i've interviewed so many people on on this podcast and then just people that i've come across in life and they always have one of their biggest regrets is like i wish i started sooner and it's like, okay, well, you wish you started sooner. Why didn't you start sooner? 
And the root yeah. of that comes to this of what I just said is that they would it was always a calculation of other people, thoughts, insecurities, fear, like all of these things. And it's like, how do you combat that? You stop caring. Exactly. <laughs> you just care, erase you it. Nothing. Yeah. When you don't yeah. care, you're nothing. So it's like, that's, that's the way that I see it. So it's a beautiful thing. Right. So that's, uh, that's been one of my biggest life things. It's not easy for, by any means, you got to break through a lot of ish to get to that level. Right. But I think once right. you, you become unstoppable, which is, I think where you're at and it's super exciting. And speaking of where you're at, Michael, what's the next year looking like for you? What's up in the next six to 12 months? Yeah, so I've uh, I've been investing a lot of time and money into um, working with some different people that are really helping me sharpen the tools and create the tools to become an impactful speaker. So, you know, some of the people that you know, you know, David Fagan, Rock Thomas, you know, just a few other people, just working on creating a story or not creating, but putting up story on paper. You know, my life experiences so that I can go out and, and inspire people and. And at the same time, working on building the business and building the system so that it can continue to grow towards self self operation and allowing for more fulfillment, you know, or more contribution to the world, you know, through, through, through speaking. So that's really what it's about. Just working towards getting on stages more. Love it. I love that. And Michael, where can everybody find you and your awesomeness? Yeah. So, you know, I haven't talked about it once, but I, I have a podcast. It's called The Michael Maloney Show. Um, it's similar to your podcast, Pamela. We we talk about um, just mindset and like what drives people, what they do, why they do it. Um, so please look us up. We're on Spotify, uh, iTunes Music, uh, YouTube. Um, we have a Facebook page, The Michael Maloney Show. And then uh, just Michael Maloney, M-A-L-O-N-E-Y on Facebook and Instagram. Would appreciate the follow. I, I like to put post up, go live all the time, talking about different subjects that I think, you know, bring happiness to people. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun today, Pamela. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to come on here with you and you'll definitely have to come on my podcast when you get some time. Absolutely. Michael, thank you so much for being here today and for your inspirational story and just your awesomeness altogether. Thank you so much, my friend. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs. Underdogs.